This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the collapse of FTX is not only a story about cryptocurrency and the platforms which are involved in this, but it's also a story of the former CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried, and the steps taken that led to the collapse. Back in February, Bankman-Fried testified before the Senate Agriculture Committee, which oversees the CFTC, the agency that some people believe could be ending up tied to being a regulator around cryptocurrency. There uh, as well was our next guest who argued against some of the things that Bankman-Fried had suggested. Kevin Werbach is chairperson and professor in the Legal Studies and Business Ethics Department at the Wharton School, and he joins us with his insight right now. Hi, Kevin. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Dan? I'm doing very well. And so let me start just, I I guess, with your general thoughts on all that has occurred over these last few days. And and being a professor of business ethics, this would really, it seems like for me at the outside, kind of a textbook case on what can happen in an unregulated space. Yeah, it's pretty shocking what has come out over the past several days with the collapse of FTX, and I'm sure there's a lot more yet to come. Uh, as a, as, in terms of business ethics, this is an easy one. Uh, don't commit fraud. Don't uh, steal your customers' money and uh, use it for all sorts of uh, personal ventures. But um, the, the, the question is really much broader than that. Uh, it's, it's a question about um, what is happening in the digital asset space uh, on these crypto exchanges and um, what should happen? Um, that's that's the reason that uh, regulators and Congress are looking at these questions. Uh, the, the issue is how does uh, regulation uh, influence, uh, prevent or facilitate uh, the kinds of um, you know, seemingly uh, fraudulent activities and and uh, losses of of huge sums of investor money that occurred in the FTX case. How much does this impact the path, you think, of bringing regulation forward now? Uh, It's going to certainly light a fire uh, under um, both uh, regulators and Congress. Uh, There's been effort for some time, especially uh, over the past two years, to create a more formal and extensive regulatory structure for digital assets in the U.S. It, it, it's not the case that this activity is unregulated. Um, you know, if you are offering something as an investment that meets the uh, definition of a security, it's regulated by the SEC. And the SEC has brought numerous enforcement actions against uh, offerers of, of crypto and digital assets that haven't met that. Even if it's not a security, um, then it probably is uh, regulated by the CFTC as a commodity. So they have oversight and they've taken a number of enforcement actions against uh, exchanges here and in some cases overseas uh, and against other actors. And then there are other regulators that might come into play, the Department of Justice, the Federal Trade Commission and so forth. So that's the baseline. But we don't have a formal structure at the federal level in the U.S. for a cryptocurrency exchange. Uh, or for stable coins, which is a whole other category uh, as yeah. well. And so that's, that's the work that's been going on. There's a number of bills that uh, are pending in Congress. I think seeing uh, this catastrophe happening when there's not a framework in the U.S. and, and when uh, these exchanges uh, set up and get very large overseas is, is going to significantly ramp up the pressure to pass legislation here. So if you can, take us back to the to the testimony I mentioned before the Senate Agriculture Committee uh, back in February and, and really the crux of what 
uh, Sam Bankman-Fried wanted to see occur and and, and your kind of uh, hesitancy about going down that path? Yeah, I've testified before two congressional committees in the last year and had numerous other conversations um, at the request of, of congressional uh, and Senate staff uh, and others on these topics. There's a lot going on. There have been a, a whole slew of hearings. Um, Bankman-Fried testified at, at several of them, uh, and uh, FTX was also very actively involved uh, in discussions with, uh, with members of Congress and their staffs. Um, so this hearing was framing the general question about uh, who has oversight. And again, it was the Agriculture Committee, so it's, it was focusing on the responsibilities uh, of the CFTC. And uh, the chair of the CFTC, Ross Benham, was, was there testifying as well. And, and he made the argument that you know, they have the capability to be a, a very serious and thoughtful regulator, uh, but they need greater legal authority and, and financial resources to do the enforcement. Um, and, you know, so Bankman-Fried was broadly endorsing the idea that there needs to be a, uh, a regulatory structure here, uh, which you know, his company and most of the crypto companies and exchanges would prefer be under the CFTC, um, because otherwise uh, all the activity is going to keep going and, and even more go overseas. Uh, that you know, we need to basically ensure that um, the, the kinds of activities that were now happening under other jurisdictions like the Bahamas that regulated FT, uh, FTX, uh, that that yeah. comes back to the U.S. That was basically what he was arguing. Uh, you mentioned about enforcement. Uh, to what level or maybe she to, to what pattern needs to occur to be able to have the, the the proper level of enforcement to make sure that events like this don't occur again in the future? So there's a lot of pieces to it, and there's enforcement by different agencies. And enforcement isn't perfect, um, but uh, the first question is having the legal authority. So, uh, you know, the the SEC has been reluctant to be very explicit about exactly what makes a, a cryptocurrency token, a digital asset, a security. Uh, there's a general standard called the Howey test, and they provided some guidance on how to interpret that. But they, they've been reluctant to say, here's a bright line because I think they're worried that the moment they do that, everyone will try to get just slightly over that line. Uh, securities are regulated much more heavily, and, and unfortunately, the way the securities laws are set up don't provide a lot of flexibility. They, they assume a market structure like we have with traditional equities and other assets. It's, it's not exactly well-designed for digital assets. So you know, that's led to some degree of uncertainty. Um, everything that's not a security probably fits into the commodities bucket, but uh, the regime we have for commodities is designed for commodities trading. It's designed for markets in uh, oil or cattle futures or things like that, which are almost entirely institutional markets. There's not a lot of individual yeah. retail investors or active commodities traders. There's a lot of individual retail investors who are active traders of Bitcoin and other digital assets. Um, so we need a clear legal regime that, that gives uh, whoever the regulators are the uh, ability and tools to have oversight. We need mechanisms to ensure that firms are transparent and provide disclosure. Uh, nominally, FTX created a U.S.-based exchange that was regulated, but it wasn't regulated at the federal level. Most of these exchanges just use state money transmitter uh, licenses. 
which don't have the same obligations that they have to be more transparent and provide data to regulators about what's going on in their markets. So we need all of that, um, but uh, we also need a more aggressive mindset by regulators and, and uh, you know, financial support and, and budgeting to be able to do that, because frankly, a lot of this activity is always going to be overseas. And if it involves U.S. customers, then U.S.-based regulators can and do enforce. There was an exchange called BitMEX that's based in Hong Kong that was basically looking the other way when U.S.-based customers were going there, even though what they offered, the kind of um, derivatives they offered, should not have been available to U.S. customers. Uh, the CFTC uh, went and sanctioned them for $100 million, and, and criminal charges were brought against their executives, even though they're offshore. So we're going to need to see more of that so that companies don't get the idea they can just incorporate somewhere, say, well, we're regulated by, by this uh, country under its laws, and effectively still provide access to the U.S. They, they should have a reason to register here, but also feel comfortable that you know, there's a good regime that allows the activity to happen here. Because of the global nature of this right now, could you see a path down the road to maybe being able to have the U.S. working with the EU and, and and other entities on some sort of a global framework around cryptocurrency? Oh, they are. Um, so there's not going to be one global framework because countries have different ways they do their securities laws um, and, and different kinds of markets. But uh, the EU has uh, two frameworks already that apply to digital assets. One's called MIFID, which is their general uh, MIFID II, their general securities laws. One's called MICA, which is for the things that are not securities, what we would call commodities. And there's lots of uh, bilateral discussion that's going on. I I've actually at Wharton run workshops since 2017 with regulators from many different jurisdictions around the world, including Europe and Asia, for informal dialogue about these issues. And there's, there's a lot more right. than that. Um, there also are some intergovernmental forums. There's one called FATF, which is for any money laundering, where that coordination is happening. So absolutely. Uh, there also really needs to be coordination on enforcement uh, to ensure that companies, that countries are not a safe haven uh, and that um, there's that level of global cooperation. There's also the question about FTX itself and and the growth that it found and, and the discussion seemingly is how quickly it grew. Does that throw up any warning signs uh, or did it to, to you and to others about how quickly it grew and the potential of concern that might be there at some point because of that growth? Oh, sure. It, you know, always it was somewhat suspicious. The, the problem is that there have been a number of other things in crypto that grew very quickly. And FTX was by no means the only opaque offshore exchange where there were suspicions about their practices. That, that was why that was the point that I made in my testimony uh, is that um, you know this is the issue having this um, you know uh, frequency in the crypto space of platforms setting up in a way where it's it's really difficult to separate the wheat from the chaff. Uh, they they both look legit from the outside. You can tell the difference in the U.S. because we've got auditing, we've got oversight, and the regulators can engage in surveillance about what the exchange is doing. So absolutely, uh, there was a lot uh, about FTX to be suspicious of, but, but those of us who were not actually doing due diligence, who were not dealing with them and, and seeing on the inside directly, didn't have um, any direct way to, to uh, identify what was going on. 
you know, what's come out uh, in the last week is, is truly shocking. Again, I, I was very suspicious um, of uh, that, you know, that they really had the assets they claimed they had. Uh, but I don't think right. anyone thought it went to the extent that it did. And, and it sounds like that there is a little bit of spread or, uh, coming off of this with the news around the platform BlockFi that may also be headed to bankruptcy as well. And I guess they had uh, established a line of credit coming from FTX. This is the big problem uh, because there are all of these offshore and opaque actors who, you know, are, they're trading digital assets, but they're not decentralized. They're not blockchains themselves. Um, we don't know the extent of the contagion. We don't really know, uh, you know, who basically has a hole on their balance sheet that they're covering up because of FTX or because of the earlier blowups like Celsius and Three Arrows Capital and Terra Luna. Um, and in, in fact, the FTX collapse uh, was apparently precipitated by losses that they had on, on some of these prior collapses, which they were just not disclosing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm worried that there's a lot more um, yet to come in terms of crypto markets. Uh, you look at prices, they haven't really come down that much. Uh, and I suspect there's a lot that hasn't been disclosed yet. Kevin, as always, great to get your insight. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Kevin Warbach, who is a chairperson and professor in the Legal Studies and Business Ethics Department here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.